Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Here is the long-awaited part two of the Tim Fall Tales and Condition Release Program crossover to look back at the year and think of what a clusterfuck it was and possibly look forward to the clusterfuck that will be. And in the meantime, I must say thank you, Vaxacious Litigant, for making me do this. I was very much dreading this edit, but you made me do it because you have a road trip tomorrow, and I figured that you, along many others, may be doing the same. So we got a road trip tomorrow. I hope this made it worth it. Otherwise, maybe you can listen to this uh, after New Year's where it makes you feel really depressed. Well, my bit at the end will make you feel very sad. And listeners, I must ask you for a favor. Uh, the beer plug today is that, of course, you can still get a discount with CRP10 at the checkout on cbco.beer, but also if you could possibly vote for them in Gabs, it's a big deal. Breweries depend on this shit, and it's really annoying, and it's really silly, but honestly, if you vote for them, it looks good for us. Thank you very much. So if you could follow the link in the show notes and vote for them, that would do us a massive favor. Thank you very much, and enjoy the show. Here is part two. So in July, we experienced the hard truth of Elon being in charge of Twitter Ugh. when he introduced limits on our <laughs> that tweets. Awful. That was weird. Oh my God, that was the worst 72 hours of my life. <laughs> Free speech absolutist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my place continued their legal action against the Yarra Rangers. And they also put down more roots in the community, this time in the Gippsland towns affected by the timber industry closures. And a group of deregistered doctors gathered like ghouls around a young lady named Dazzle. Oh, that live was absolutely horrendous to watch. Mm. So that was Dr. Billy, suspended Dr. Billy Bay, Dr. Miley Trin. Yeah, and she another- sucks. Oh, she does. And then another doctor that I can't remember the name off the top of my head here. He's got a funny name. It'll come to me in a sec. But they were basically telling her that she was wonderful for also refusing a vaccine. So Dazzle is a young lady who uh, requires a lung transplant, according to her father. She requires a double lung transplant but doesn't want a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So much like Vicky, she's in the same boat. So she's refusing yeah. to get, well, the hospital is, this is all according to the father. We have, this has never been in court. We don't actually know her medical records. We can't verify any of this, but this is what is happening according to her father, Josh. And, of course, she's been, she's a martyr for the movement And Michael Gray Grift was the other person that was on that live talking about her being a, what's the word? Yeah, she's a messenger. She was a messenger from God. Um, There was lots of praying over her. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they also make sure that every time they visit her in hospital that they get a photo of their merch. 
Of mm-hmm. course, the 832 mm-hmm. merch. It's disgusting. As appalling as this story is, one of the things the pandemic has shown us is just that there are a lot of shit doctors out there yep. uh, who have, most of whom have been rightly scrubbed from the, um, uh, from the, from the, for the ability to practice medicine. Yes. The guy in Tasmania who just yeah. lost his license. It's incredible. He actually told a woman who had received the vaccine that she was going to die of cancer. She was wow. stupid and that she was going to die of cancer. Mm. Incredible. Just incredible. So at least one good thing has come, and a lot of a lot, a lot of these things, including Bay, um, have been uh, have been flicked and, and won't be able to practice. Mm. Yeah, it is that's one good. good I hope they don't ever. No, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't. Not good people. Oh my gosh, they will be diagnosing everybody with a vaccine injury. It would be horrendous. Oh, so exhausting. Their minds are too cooked at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. So then everyone got a bit riled up about a book in Kmart. Oh, mm-hmm. There are was... books in Kmart? Yeah, oh, no, apparently, really. yeah. <laughs> Satanic books too there, <laughs> Jack. And there were more protests about saving the children, oh, maybe due to a movie release, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So we covered uh, these pretty intensely. Uh, both our both of our, our podcasts covered yes. this pretty good. Um, I'm not done with this yet, but uh, I just haven't had the time. There's to really so much cut that's happened since about. Yeah, oh, I've only watched half of the film, but I've spent countless hours looking at Ballard just getting absolutely eaten alive, and also mm. Paul Hutchinson, one of the promoters, uh, one of the promoters and producers, who has basically just uh, you know he's a, he's a he's a wealthy guy who's made money basically on financial instruments around real estate but he's such an insufferable wanker his whole thing is basically he's like you know god complex saving the children but he also is not exactly perfect himself having admitted to watching child porn because normal porn stopped working so i'm really glad he's saving the kids oh yeah just a little preview for what you're in for for paul hutchins episode and talking this up for ages like all promises I love breaking them. It's my favourite part of a promise. <laughs> but at the same time, if I can get this fucking episode done, I just want it to be good. The next one will be on Ballard. We do need to finish it off because Ballard has just become entirely oh, discredited. Three. It is the funniest shit. Ballard is such a comedy of pain and it's that thing of like you want to be big enough to be able to grift in this movement, but you don't want to be big enough that people start paying attention to your affairs because if you're in this kind of field, yeah. chances are – you have so much dirt on you, it's just not getting out because no one cares. But then once you're the Sound of Freedom guy and all these people who have been, like the guys from uh, Vice, but also the less well-known, like Lynn Packer and, yeah. um, and those guys who have been following um, him for years in the Utah scene, even Mormons who have been following Ballard and basically keeping an eye on him because they think he's a concern to their like religious movement. Man, it's been Huge, so yeah, it's so I've, dodgy. I've never seen someone fall from grace so heavily, but of course, they're in a cult, so the people who believe him will just think this is all a stitch up from pedos. But in reality, he is just an opportunistic grifter who came out and realized that saving kids was quite popular, and unfortunately, he also liked getting handsy with the help and also really likes money. So, there's two vulnerabilities, and they have, yeah, really come back to bite him. Good fun. We discovered, too, that we've been deceived about Australia Day. Oh, no. Australia Day is not real. We've got a new Australia Day. <laughs> they even celebrate it. Sauce, what, what was the what, what was the da- date what in, July? in July? It's the, I want to say it's the second Sunday 
in, uh, okay. in July. But yeah. no, no specific date, just the second Sunday. Yeah. Yes, that's so right. I, it does change. So it's a mm. Sunday, so it's a shit public holiday. Why are they like this? Which is going to be really interesting when Australia Day rolls around and they all <laughs> merrily celebrate Australia Day and start talking about Anzacs and stuff when uh-huh. six months ago they told us it was a corporate day and that they would no longer support it. So <laughs> yep. let's see what happens That'll be when that rolls around. Wow. Yeah, apparently there was a charity thing called Australia Day back yep. in the early 1900s. There was, that- there was, there've been a number of different dates for Australia Day. Um, there was a date in April. The the January 26 stuff that really was driven by the bicentennial separa- uh, yeah. uh, celebrations. Before that, it was the, uh, I think it was the the fourth Monday in in January. Um, so there wasn't that 26th of January date specified. And, of course, the January 26th date is uh, the, the anniversary of the British establishing a colony in New South Wales. That's not nation, you know, it's not the creation of a nation. No. Um, uh, the, the creation of our, our idiot forefathers, constitutional forefathers, decided to uh, create the nation on January 1, 1901. Yeah. And we can't have a public holiday then because we're already, you know, we're all badly hung over and, and Yeah, exactly. You know, it's pointless. So, it's already so a public holiday. I blame our constitutional forefathers. <laughs> be ripped off. Yeah. No, I think it's... they liked they they picked that particular Australia Day because that was in the early nineteen hundreds around the the era of when they were flying the red ensign flag. It was actually okay. World War One. It was yeah. That's correct. Well, yes. a bit of history on the flag again yep. is that is that um, uh, the blue ensign. Uh, the blue ensign was um, uh, became the national flag. I'm going to say 1952 um, by Act of Parliament. Then in Menzies' time, generally speaking, in World War One, Australian troops fought under the Union Jack. That's right. And in World War Two. Uh, it was essentially the red ensign, um, so that was a, so that all changed. And you might remember there was a, a flag actually made in Changi, the uh, uh, the POW camp in uh, Singapore, yeah. and that was that was the the red ensign. The soldiers made that. Well, um, soon we won't need to worry because Ricardo is currently spitballing and workshopping <laughs> some new flags. New flags. Um, That's what we need. So, new flags. Yeah. They're yeah. terrible designs, by they the way. They are so bad. Yep. Oh, God. Um, and look, also in July, we started a fundraising drive to build Joe and his family of 18 a house in yeah. Vanuatu. Joe and his large family had been living in uncertain conditions, to say the least, in the ghettos of Port Villa. Uh, their home had been a jigsaw puzzle of corrugated iron and building materials scavenged from around the place. The home would constantly be swept away by tropical storms and cyclones. That's shit. And there's no running water there. Um, anyway, the drive had been organised by Rob Anderson, who was a victim of child sexual abuse and one of, at one of Sydney's most prestigious colleges uh, yep. and, and a good friend of the podcast. Uh, he, um, uh, he actually was interviewed on the conditional release program some time ago, Joel. I think that was in 2022. Yeah. And uh, he met Joe Gibson when he was uh, in Vanuatu and found some peace. And our listeners were extremely generous and we thank everyone who contributed uh, small amounts and large. And if I might just move forward... Uh, and with a bit of a spoiler alert, Joe and his family will be moving into their new home by Christmas and before wow. Christmas. It's a Bessa block construction, three rooms, cyclone proof. Uh, there's still a, a bit to be done, a water tank to provide running clean water and a few other bits and bobs. Um, but five months after we promoted the fundraiser, the building is all but complete. Uh, you can have a look well at my done, Facebook guys. page. Have a look there. 
Um, yeah. I love 18 that. Lives, 18 lives change for the better. Children yeah. with greater opportunities. And we've done good, folks. It's a good yeah. thing that we did there. Yeah. Well good. done to Rob. Yeah. And then moving on to August, less uh, less satisfying news, uh, a grand jury approved an indictment against, us on August 1, against Trump. This is number three, charging him with an extraordinary conspiracy that threatened to disenfranchise millions of Americans. And this is now known as the four-count indictment brought by special counsel Jack Smith. The trial was scheduled to kick off on March 4 right slap bang in the middle of the US primaries. There's some doubt about that now, as I said before. The constitutional capacity to um, to prosecute a serving president will be determined by the SCOTUS before the trial. And then two weeks later, a Georgia grand jury um, brought a 41 felony count indictment based on Georgia's RICO laws, Racketeering mm-hmm. Influenced and Corrupt Organisations Act. It's uh, state law, so federal pardons won't work. Uh, he would have to be pardoned by I think the Georgia um, uh, 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 Georgia prisons basically would have to uh, wow because most significantly it comes with a mandatory minimum sentence of five years if Ooh, found guilty yeah you know the mandatory minimum sentences are much beloved by conservatives uh-huh. right, by the way and and it is something of an irony that the, that the Trumpster might face one um, he there are 18 co-accused and lawyers uh, Kenneth Chesborough and Sidney Powell they're flipped and plea bargained they offered apologies to the court not I would say all that satisfactory apologies. Neither of them accepted that um, or, or acknowledged that um, the electoral fraud thing was a nonsense. There have been others that have flipped. And the rumour is that Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, has flipped as well, which would be very significant for the DC four count indictment and Georgia's 41 felony count indictment because uh, Mark Meadows, as his chief of staff, would have been in the room every time. Trump was holding conversations, just really significant. And a quick look at the resumes of Trump's co-accused shows a group of people pretty unlikely to, to enjoy a five-year holiday in Georgia's notorious state prisons. Uh, so more abound to, to, to more abound to, to flip. Uh, but the key, as I said, is, is Meadows. He's fucked, which is good. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I, don't <know laughs> is. I don't know that it is. I'm very, I'm very pessimistic about it. So the case brought by a My Place member against Yarra Rangers was heard. The premise seemed to be that the council must approach every single person in the LGA personally on every single issue. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's and cease all business with the WEF. That's, oh, yes. Well, that's, yeah, that goes that's, without saying. That goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. The case was eventually dismissed, not just because it was a bit silly, but also <laughs> due to the person having it's... no standing as he didn't yeah. live in the Shire of Yarra Ranges. That's very funny. <laughs> what just an idiot. Rookie mistake what on that one. Yeah, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Yeah, that's very silly. <laughs> My nemesis, Morgan C. Oh, Jonas, nemesis? had a live show with a collection of whack politicians and alt news media folk with almost everyone taking a swipe at the leader of the Victorian Liberal Party. Matt Lawson started his sponsored walk. And let's all be honest, (laughs) no one on this podcast thought that he would make it as (laughs) far as the Victorian border. And he walked allegedly, all the way to Brisbane. Well, he's he's the only one that I know of that has walked all the way from Thomastown to Brisbane. Um, and, uh, and he's sort of, I think he's, uh, he's due for a, due for an entry in the Guinness Book of Records. Um, 
Absolutely, Australian of the yeah. Year. I was impressed, but I think it is important to say that he allegedly walked to Brisbane. Allegedly, I, like, oh, correct. I he had support being, teams. I think you're being, being harsh. Okay. I, I actually thought he'd be in hospital for about three months, but he wasn't. That's the thing I'm a little bit suspicious about. He <laughs> started off, he had a cold, and he had, like, shoes that didn't fit him, and it was just an absolute cock-up. The idea that he got to Brisbane basically on the back of a cold that wouldn't go away because he's just inherently unhealthy and the fact that he had no preparation whatsoever, I find it very difficult to believe that he did those paces. I do not fucking believe it. And Just walked out the door, closed the door in Thomastown, off he went in the Dunlop volleys. He did some of it because those feet were pretty bad. Oh, he he did a lot of it. Yeah. But I don't think he did all of it. I think he did maybe half. Yeah, I think those toilet breaks that he was taking where he admitted <laughs> yeah. that he was getting just, a trip back to town to, get, to go to the toilet. Yeah. I think the other person driving would be like, I think this is where I picked you up, Matt. And he's like, no, 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 this isn't it. It was definitely yeah. at least be, be another 10 kilometres down the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, hate was met with direct action in the streets when a Save the Kids protest at the Drag Expo was literally pushed back and across the street by a counter-protest. This one was magnificent. This one was very funny. When they arrived pushing their giant speakers and discovered that there was a counter-protest there waiting for them and they couldn't get their speakers where they wanted to, it descended into a (laughs) cops, please come and save us medley from (laughs) all of the leaders who were just crying that the police <laughs> come and save us wouldn't mm. come and literally save their lives it was well, fantastic they booked that spot remember sauce yes they Apparently. were like but we booked this and it's like well firstly in victoria you don't yeah, need to lodge paperwork public, public forum yeah. and secondly you don't book spots public spots yeah but there, it was very funny because you know there was a few people there who are used to saying whatever they want, and discovered that there was some real grown-ass men who arrived who were not going to take a backward step at all. And there was a little bit of yarding going on. Remember in the lead up to it, Brad had been complaining that he had like a a, a boil (laughs) and he was doing like all these weird natural treatments on it. So they were asking him how his infection was, how's your boil, mate? Did you get it lanced? Um, Yeah, did you piss on it? So they were so outnumbered. They were probably outnumbered oh, three to one. And instead of being out the front of the Drag Expo, they were across the street, out the front of Mary Wilbergers, I think it is there, <laughs> um, just trying to talk. And again, no one listening and people walking <laughs> past, giving them very strange looks. It was another resounding defeat. And I just want to add here, Sam T. Drag, who was very much targeted by yeah. these people for being for doing wanting to provide Drag Queen Story Hour at Eltham Library. She turned up at the front and shimmied her way mm. inside to her drag expo and didn't give a crap. She was not going to go through the side door. No way. Yeah. Not yeah. a chance. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And brave. Absolute legend. Yeah, well done. September rolled around, and in bad news for Sauce, Donald Trump was quietly installed as the King of Scotland. Oh, oh. Just, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta discuss this very briefly, because mm. um, um, the last, the last King of Scotland, of course, is Idi Amin. Yes, um, correct. 
I don't know where we've made any progress. But uh, yes, that's of course, uh, that was the title that Idi Amin bestowed upon himself. Um, there are others, but uh, we'll get to those in a little while. But yeah. <laughs> It's well, apparently now we've got Donald Trump. Yeah. Great. <laughs> How did that happen? Who who, who came yeah, up with that nonsense? I was on Telegram, so it happened. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, just the, the mainstream, the mainstream media just didn't want you to see it, Jack. Yeah, look, yeah, exactly. I, I've got to tell you, I did miss it. Turn off your tail lie vision. Turn <laughs> off your tail lie vision. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you can only get your news from Telegram or CAS. These are the only two reputable news sources in Australia. Yes. King of Scotland. I don't think he, he, he well, like Amin, he didn't actually turn up for uh, for his coronation. Uh, Idi Amin's full title was His, his Excellency, President for Life, Field Marshal Al Haji Dr. Idi Amin Dada, VC, DSO, MC, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas, and conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general, and Uganda in particular. It's quite Jeez. something to put on the business card, isn't it? <laughs> That's just dumb. So then the two men charged in relation to the fire at Old Parliament House were in court for their hearings and subsequently found guilty. Oops. Yes. And, and remanded. <laughs> and, uh, and, and not remanded in custody. No. Weird. No. Off you go, guys. Go and think about what you've done. <laughs> And suspended doctor at large, Billy Bay, won the referendum. Hooray! Yay! Asshole. Hooray! (laughs) Yeah, he went all the way to the High Court, but he actually didn't. Not really. As I understand it. No, no. But I think he won something (laughs) at some point, somehow. No, he's always winning. Everything. He won everything. Because even though he didn't win the referendum, the fact that he wasn't declared a vexatious litigant yes. and then became <laughs> Yes, that is quite an uh, interesting bar. Look, it actually really is difficult to be a vexatious litigant in any state, um, and it should be because, honestly, I get the whole natural law jurisprudence bullshit behind it, but when it comes down to it, you look at some fuck with like Billy Bay, you don't need to give this guy due process <laughs> over the course of a decade of frivolous lawsuits that harm people because he thinks it's funny. It's very quick to determine that this person is not suitable for the responsibility that having access to courts uh, grants him. He needs it's to actually just very be difficult. Limited. It's actually very difficult. Joe, you might want to very comment difficult. on this. It's very, very difficult to, to have someone um, a pronounced a, a vexatious litigant. It, it needs to be done by Supreme it should be Court. It should be easier. Uh, and, and someone needs to, to pony up and take that action off. Yeah, it's a lot. And look, honestly, Billy Bay... You could just look at his Facebook and be like, oh, yeah, no, this guy, yeah, no, he shouldn't have access to the courts unsupervised. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> the best part was when Tricky said that it was a bit silly, so then Billy shot off a cease and desist to Tricky. Oh, God, shut the- <laughs> And then Nick Patterson then jumped on the bandwagon <laughs> saying that Billy is silly. Billy is silly. <laughs> I agree with yes. Nick on that. I agree I do with too. Nick Patterson. Let's just, <laughs> let's just frame that on the wall. Oh, and then the, great guy. My my favourite was finding uh, when Billy found out on a live that his case was thrown out because <laughs> yeah, one of really the comment good. someone in the comments broke the news though before he got to read it, which was yeah. hilarious. That no, no, was very funny. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, it was very very good. Was that on um, Grey Grift? I think that that was actually him doing that whole yeah. like I won, we've won. I actually think that oh, it, it was been, quite yeah. detrimental to Billy's standing yeah. 
in in the movement um like because an yeah. awful lot of them called him out and were kind of saying that he was making false promises and all that kind of stuff so i yeah. think it kind of backfired yeah. on him it is very strange to watch someone like billy bay who just says the most delusional things with that dumb confidence and he has no real charisma he has no real purpose he just says stuff that people want to hear and they use that as a oh well i'm glad someone's saying it type thing but at the end of the day generally speaking you do have to either have some kind of charisma or some kind of gravitas and he just says stuff and eventually yep. you get have people who are vaguely intelligent with a vague sense of critical thinking to be like i think this guy might be full of shit and i don't know why we listen to him and from there onwards, I mean, like, the, the dominoes tend to, to fall that way. Well, and then Tricky did a very dramatic video. He did. Basically writing him out of the movement, which was really interesting. And then Billy said that he wasn't able to get a job because APRA weren't letting him work in any capacity anywhere. Yep, yep, so give me money. And, yeah, and then, That's you know, Billy stopped getting donations and then, oh, anyway... We're going to have to do an update on him. We're just letting his story play out a little bit. Yeah. He's just ridiculous. He is a fucking cartoon character, but not a fun one. A sad, weird, dumb one. Yeah. So then we had protests to save the kids that continued. The Age ran a story about librarians getting death threats, and someone wondered if it was a coincidence that Melbourne is a Rothschild city and the Melbourne footy club mascot is a demon Ooh, i mean yeah, that is, yeah. they're just asking questions it's pretty coincidental yeah i yeah. mean if you if in your society librarians are receiving death threats mm. there's something a bit wrong isn't there I think there's, so. there's clearly something a bit wrong there yep yep totally fucked in the head mm. And the month came to a close with worldwide rallies for freedom. So, Joe, you went to Sydney and were you chanting, let Guru speak? He was. No, no, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't chanting that um, because, to be honest, I didn't want to hear fucking Guru speak. Um, uh, It was much funnier watching them all shit their pants because they were being oppressed by the man. so I will say, as far as 2023 goes, meeting Dave Burgess and his mate Gemma for these protests was a highlight of the year for me. I really enjoyed it. And during the pandemic, for various reasons, I didn't turn up the rallies. There's fairly good reasons in there, but sometimes it was just the fact that I didn't want to go alone. It seems weird wandering around. I'm not Chris Brune, you know, like I like having people around me. So I figured that basically I knew that during the pandemic, not turning out to these protests, I would look back and think, fuck, that was a missed opportunity. But only a part of me regrets it. You know, it, it was weird. There was one very close to my house at one point, and I'd sort of walked past, and I'm like, oh, that just looks violent and weird. I don't want anything to do with that. So I did go to two rallies this year, so we'll talk about the second one later. The first one was the No Vote Rally, and it was held by that libertarian fuckknuckle and depressingly elected MLC, John Ruddick, who basically got right-wing US digital radio network TNT to sponsor this fucking weird cooker event with a giant stage and LED screens, and it was weird. So Guru turned up with a shitload of ferals, and... Ruddick had to pretend that he was happy about it because at the end of the day, if Guru didn't bring anyone, it'd be a handful mm. of people. But as you said, they chanted for Guru to speak. And as expected, he made this event all about him. Old Beck Freedom was there with her megaphones being a fucking pest, let Guru speak and blah, blah, blah. But as with anything cooker related like this, if it's not funny, it's sad. This was pretty funny. Uh, and just watching them sort of eat each other from the inside is great. <laughs> but on the flip side, 
the crowd was terrifying. I mean, Ferrell's is an understatement of the century. This just felt like I was in the middle of a group of people who want to kill someone. They're just not sure who and how gay they are. Like, it's just fucking scary being in that crowd and just thinking you're all on the edge. That being said, credit to cookers, nothing's happened yet. No pipe bombs, no massacres, nothing, yeah. you know, nothing of note. Yep. And I do give credit yeah. for that. Mostly because yeah. I think they live in a fan fiction universe where actual action is sort of outside of the purview of that. But at the same there time- There was Joe. <laughs> well, there was, but like, mm. you know, that is kind of different. Um, but yeah, and that's, you know, yeah. it's I'm expecting something Sorry. more along the lines of, uh, you know, going to a drag queen story time or something like that. And that's why I think these people are so brave. Anyway, I digress. The really terrifying part of the crowd was Jesse Stewart, who, of course, is the son of Burns by 34, the mate of Scott Morrison, and basically is a man with the disposition of a meerkat on crack. He looks like he is severely drug-affected. <laughs> I'm not sure if he is, but he looks around at everyone to suss them out. So he's sort of checking out the crowd for fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what meerkats look for. Threats? Predators? No idea. But realistically, I think he was looking for us, but he didn't seem to find us, so that's good. Um, no, really I've just got to interrupt you there, Joel. Yeah, it's, it's transpired that Jesse Stewart was actually bankrupt. Um, Jesse Stewart? Yeah. Or no, do you mean dad. his dad? Hey? His dad. Oh, this is, this, this is Scott Stewart. Morrison's Q, mate, isn't it? Yeah, but Jesse's his son. Jesse's his son. Ah, uh, okay. Mike. The old, the old man whose who's, who's wife worked for Scott Morrison's wife as an yep. executive assistant was a bankrupt during that period. Oh, really? Mm. That is actually quite interesting because uh, – when it comes to the sort of like, you know, the father's affairs of them, from what it sounds like, you know, these news stories, they come and they go, but it sounds like he basically ruined his reputation, made himself unemployable, alienated friends, and really just sort of had a shit time of it. And this is what happens to a lot of people who get into these movements. And like the poor old Sound of Freedom guys who just flew a bit too close to the sun, unfortunately, Tim Stewart really wasn't uh, built for public attention. So, his son Jesse's terrifying and scares the fuck out of me, but otherwise it was a massive all-star cast. There was Ruction and all those motherfuckers there. Okay, Anthony Kalouf was there with Diogo oh, running wow. around. Oh, trying to be wow. hey, where's the merch money? Did you ask him where the merch money was, John? I fucking wanted to. I was definitely doing a low profile. It was my first rally, and honestly, I must like when I got there and I saw the crowd, I was like, Oh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> this is just like, this is just the personification of a police watch list and I shouldn't fucking be here. But the thing that was interesting seeing it in person is the attention. And that is the thing because these are all attention seekers and they get it. You can see why they do this. Like people are pulling Ruction aside. Ruction is just such a nobody yeah. human being. Pulling him aside, hugging him, telling me how wonderful he is. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is a person. That's why keeps coming back. Of course, he's a rock star. And like, but he yeah. is so far from being a rock star. He's just not a rock star person. He is an <laughs> awkward dude with no talent. Yes. And yet yes. in this movement, he's a god. So, of course, you're going to keep doing it. I mean, mate. It's weird. As a, even as a wedding photographer, knowing he's a fuck what you do. So, one lady <laughs> hugged Guru and told Ooh, him basically how much she meant to her, babbling over her words because she was crying. It's like oh, no. It'll be like meeting Elvis. Guru. Not Elvis, Guru. Why <laughs> would you care? You want to hug the testicle too, by the way. You oh, know you're going to catch something. You come just, away from that. The with texture a, with wouldn't a, with be a nasty nice. sore throat and feel a crook over the next couple of days. He's a body of elbows. Anyway, so <laughs> basically, you know, 
when it comes down to it, it was a fucking weird cult gathering. They had free sausages, mm. uh, which were just fatty and stinky, and they're in a piece of white bread. I'm not <laughs> judging too harshly, but at the same time, I ate and I was like, ooh. So I was talking to this guy toward the end when there was a whole hubbub about letting Guru speak, and they sort of went down, they charged down, and Roland Christa was like, I'm not letting you up to the police and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty fucking funny. This guy there, he was like, you know, basically saying like, you know, oh, this is pretty dodgy guru, you should be able to speak. And I was like, well, look, you know, look at the controlled opposition at play here. Look at the money that has brought all this together. Of course, they're not going to let guru speak. They can't have guru speak because this entire movement is co-opted by money like Craig Kelly. And I'm just planting seeds. And I thought that was kind of funny, but kind of cruel. But then he's like, oh, I just had a sausage and I'm feeling funny. I'm like, well, what do you, do you know what's in it? You've got these <laughs> no. guys who won't let Guru speak and do they just know, gave you a sausage. Do you know sausage. how sausages are made? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. They put vaccines in them. That's what they fucking do. So I was implying there could be poison or vaccines in it. Um, I didn't say that too explicitly, but I was definitely implying it. And he all of a sudden decided he needed to leave the event because he was incredibly concerned about what he just ingested because he's a gullible, paranoid idiot. Um, I felt Aww. kind of bad about fucking the guy's head, but it was one of those things where I just had to see what it was like to just be like, okay, here's a person who is so impressionable and I can simply say, oh, well, what if they poisoned your sausage, bro? And he could actually turn around and go, oh, fuck, maybe they did. They didn't poison your sausage. Well, maybe I'm more vaccinated than I was well, before the sausage. I don't know. Guru reckons, Guru reckons McDonald's is made from ground up children. Yes, Babies. Yes, the the, the the common denominator here is that these pers- these people were not smart. At no point did I look around and go, oh, that looks like a, maybe an academic or a, a teacher. No, no, no. <laughs> they were early education uh, tops, uh, really not smart people. Anyway, really interesting experience. The second was great as well. We'll get to that eventually, but fuck me. It was a bit of a baptism of fire. Uh, going to that crowd, like I say, just the personification of a watch list. It was so dodgy. Some of the T-shirts, ugh. Not good. So Not Sandy good. and I went to the Melbourne one um, yet again, Nas- National yes, Socialist Network. We're also we're also there. But the day started with Morgan being heckled, which was terrific. <laughs> then we moved into a series of people saying just don't vote at all. Um, good. Led by Darren uh, Bergwerf, uh, King, King Ulakai was there who I discovered the other day apparently yeah. has billions of dollars. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Billions. So does Senator yeah. Abbott apparently. Yeah. Uh, $800 yeah. million dollars, according it's to It's actually, just, just to interrupt, Albert Wanger went to jail. You, you might remember he was a, a student activist, famously student activist at uh, Monash University. And ooh, I couldn't tell you which election, but an election many years ago, he actually advocated that people vote for sort of none of the above. And, and uh, and he ended up I've been jailed for three or four weeks. Um, it is actually an offence to advocate people not vote. Hmm. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Well, that was the, the the story of the day was don't vote. And then we walked around <laughs> and we went to Flinders Street because we took the traditional worldwide rally for freedom Melbourne route because there's many yeah, protest uh-huh. routes. This was the traditional end up on the, the Westgate Bridge. This was the traditional Just? Harrison led. <laughs> cheerleader out the front with the giant flagpoles. Um, Then all of a sudden, as we turned from Elizabeth onto Park Street, the banner, the boys get changed because they've been there all day. They get changed. Now they're all wearing matching clothes and unfurl another banner. Um, Luckily, a lot of the protesters didn't even realize, so they just kept marching, which was was Mm -hmm. pretty good. They got a little bit of heckle from people. Uh, some of them were not that bothered by them being there. It was just because they were wearing masks. 
<laughs> that seemed to bother them a little good. bit. Uh, Show us your faces. Yeah, it was a yeah bit weird. I can't. Yeah, the face yeah. nappies yeah, are so offensive. Of, There's irony. So there, off they it? went, yeah. and then all of a sudden it became a sprint because they had to catch up with Harrison and the main group, and obviously the sacred steps is what it's all about. So they had to race uh, past. Yeah. So they raced past. They did get themselves up on the step. They got pepper sprayed pretty quick by the cops, <laughs> pushed back down the steps, and then they set up next to the steps and uh-huh. ranted until they were completely owned by a hero in a green jacket who still no one knows who this guy is, who came down okay. and basically yeah. just went to task on Tom Soul <laughs> and his ideology. Nice. Yes, it, 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 it uh, went a bit viral, didn't it, that video? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the yeah. Turkish guy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was very yeah. good. Guy. I think, yeah, possibly Turkish, but, yeah, he just absolutely tore him to shreds. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Very good. We also had a guest come with us to that one, which was Emily Webb, who's a true oh, crime yeah. author. Yeah. Yeah, so she joined Sauce oh, and wow. I for that day, and it was oh, lovely. She's, she's fantastic, yeah. Emily. She wanted to. She just wanted to see what it was like and what was suss it all out. And something else happened right at the end of the month. Dan Andrews pulled the pin. Ah, uh, yes. Well, yes. which which one of his body doubles resulted? Well, the clone, <laughs> yeah, the, the clone, because yeah. the original ones in Gitmo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, just just very briefly. It, regardless of what you think of Dan Andrews, he was by any by any political measure, a successful politician. I believe uh-huh. he's a brilliant yeah. communicator. We really don't have too many of that ilk. A person who says, this is the problem, this is how we're going to fix it, and this is how we're going to get there. And and he, and he does it clearly and in a way that, you know, uh, resonates with people. Mm. He's also, and this is the, you know, this is the real measure of a politician, is their success, their electoral success. So he uh, really, he was Daniel Andrews when he first started as a, as a, as a candidate to uh, uh, to topple the Bailiou failed government, I'm just trying to think who the who the clown was who was premier at the time. Knocked him over, and then um, in two successive elections, basically increased his parliamentary majority each time. You'd have to go back. I, I, I haven't gone back this far, but I think you'd have to go back to somewhere like Sir Henry Bolte, and I'm not just talking about Victoria, but Australia generally, to find a politician who increased his majority in three subsequent elections. It's very rare. Uh, Anthony Albanese could really take a leaf out of his book just in terms of communi- political communications. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And that and that takes us that, that that does take us to October and the referendum, which was probably the story for the story of the year. Yeah. Um and, and especially in and the disinformation space. It was. Fucking hell. Yeah, so by October we had reached peak disinformation around the referendum, with Albo debunking some of the wildest ones on TV, which was then edited and used as proof that the disinfo was right. The post-truth mm-hmm. era is a lot. It is. It's tiring. Exhausting. Mm-hmm. After, 
After a long, drawn-out process, Theresa Van Leishout was found guilty of falsely representing herself as Australia's Governor-General and for attempting to import fake police badges. Yep. Yes. The biggest problem, the biggest, <laughs> it was so long and drawn out because she was psychiatrically assessed by numerous psychiatrists who all said that she was as mad as a gut snake and, and she refused to accept that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So really, she she could it could have uh, dragged on not quite as long. But um, I'm afraid for Teresa, the the bikini shots are probably done dusted. Oh, I say she looked great. That's probably enough of Teresa. And and really, again, I mean, she'd had some time served, but no jail term. Yes, yeah. she was actually plotting, and she did it. She stood outside the Victorian Parliament House and was going to go in and hang people. She just needed. <laughs> She just needed some people with uh, fake police badges mm. to, to make it all happen. It's amazing what they get away with. Yeah. Rod Cullison decided it was time for farmers whose farms had been repossessed to just move back in. Yep. Oh, and then he well, ate a fly. Oh, his fuck. Farm. Yeah. <laughs> so he ate a fly and then the police came and, like, damaged an old door and Rod had a heart attack. Oh, that, that was very, very funny. And, and – he just God, I really felt sorry for the coppers because they just turned up there. It, that, it, he was in an old pub. Yes, he's, he's renovating it. He's, he's renovating doing it. The work he's there. renovating yeah. it with a partner who doesn't want anything more to do with him. And that yeah. was so he so he was basically pulled up for trespass. And uh, well, it was domestic. It wasn't trespass. It was domestic violence orders, wasn't it? Yeah. Poor Rod. All he Poor wants to do Rod. is. Move yeah, home it and seems be such safe. a long time ago when his proclamation was read to the read outside the parliament by uh, by Hoodie. Yeah, so my place, Frankston, had a party to celebrate their birthday, and Darren let the mask slip just for a minute, calling for people to hang until they're dead. Well, oh, not just good. hang until they just suffocate a little bit. No, 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 till they're dead. Till all oh. the way. Yeah, okay. yeah. I love the fact that on Twitter we discovered that a band member yes. who happened to just be on the stage at the same time that Darren made that speech uh, had no idea what kind of event he had joined <laughs> and he made it very clear. Yeah. He goes, I was not there because I'm part of them. I had no idea I was booked. I'm just a random person and was devastated. <laughs> so the referendum came and went with the vast number of Australians voting no. What did we think of the campaigns? I well, thought that the mm. vote yes spent far too long addressing issues of vote no. I think vote yes almost in the end cheapened what the referendum was about by saying, I oh, don't worry about it. They've got no power anyway. They were always on the back foot. Yeah, it was very back-footed campaign. I think that it became far too complicated for something that should actually have been pretty it, simple. It was an absolute disaster. And then, look, the no case is, is, is essentially pretty easy to prosecute. It's change. It's, you know, we're uncertain about yeah. it. You can, things you are fine. Don't worry about it. Thing over. But the thing that I find offensive about it, and, and when we get to people like Mundine and uh, and uh, the CLP Senator for, for Northern Territory, um, <clears throat> Jacinda Price, they, talk, they talked a good game about Indigenous relations uh, in this country, Indigenous reconciliation. But since the referendum, Heard a peep from either. Well, I've heard a peep from Warren Mundine, who continues to sort of prosecute his his conservative credentials on other matters. Yeah. But have we heard anything about reconciliation 
Indigenous yeah. reconciliation from those people it since. Was never about that. No. Not a thing. Yeah. And, and, we and they talked a good game. They said they were going to do these things. They thought they were going to, you know, they this is what we'll do. We'll treaty. establish councils. We'll do this, that, and the other. Nothing. Yeah. No, it was never about that. And look, you know, there's there's definitely useful idiot vibes there. When it comes down to, like, if you look at Advance, right, or Advance Australia as they were, they were the guys behind Captain Getup humping a poster of Zali Stegel and thinking somehow that that was going to make people in Moringa go, you know what, maybe I don't want the lady on the hump sign. Like, what? They were the most embarrassing bunch of right-wing cookers who were basically just a fucking young liberal crew being like, oh, memes are funny, I guess. Now, Advance Australia, thanks to money from people like Sam Kennard, are quite good at what they do. Now, I don't know who's in there and what they're up to, but from what I can see from this campaign, they've got yanks. They've got yanks who have got the disinformation chops to push a good bullshit campaign. Maybe there's a stink of Cambridge Analytica in there. Maybe there's a stink of maybe some people who've worked with Steve Bannon. I don't know. I don't know whether it's even just people we've never heard of who are brilliant at pushing. It was probably uh, going to get knocked off anyway. And it's look, it's but you know. at this rate, this this was won by memes. This battle was won on the internet, and it was won on the internet by Advanced Australia's heavily polished new approach to disinformation. And it's not the last time because they now have a playbook. They know it works. And we will never have nice things again unless somehow the left can counter it. And I tell you what, when it comes to these things, offense, it has 10 times the effect of defense. And that's what we saw in this campaign. The yes campaign were on the back foot the entire time. And at no point did everyone say, oh, actually, no, that's a good point. It, the no campaign were just punching and the yes campaign was just in a fetal position on the floor. It's a real shame. And that will be the next one too because these motherfuckers now know it works. I don't think Jacinta Price can ever be forgiven for her comment that- Fuck um, no. That, that Indigenous Australians, have, their lives have improved since European settlement. That's yeah. insane. Everything's I don't think, I don't think you ever let that go. Yeah. And, and, and let me tell you another thing about how the way politics works. She will not be, you know, there were, there were, it's stupid, I'll be saying that she'd be the next leader of the Liberal Party. Well, she's a member technically of the National Party. Um, she caucuses with the Nats. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so she can't be a leader there. She's also in the Senate. So it's all bloody ridiculous. They will burn her. They will throw yeah. her away, right? She's an embarrassment. Well, that's what I was thinking. I think she's basically in the situation she was thrown under the bus to be yeah. a tokenistic opposition which had limited use after the referendum. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I would find it very difficult. The only thing is, is that thanks to the strength of ID politics, which was something, of course, was more or less born out of the left, you can have this idea of saying, well, she's Koori, listen to her. You can't, you can't tell anything. You can't say anything about that because she knows more about this than you do. Because of her situation. And you're like, okay, cool. But she's also being paid by Sam Kennard to say that. So maybe that's not really how this works. But identity politics, man, it makes everything a fucking mess. You can't be judging your merits anymore. And the right are weaponizing that because they whinged about it for ages. And they somewhat cleverly realized, hold on, we can just get someone who has that identity to say stuff for us. This is genius. And it's fucking work. Yeah. You know, what the Oh, I'd say a political career will not go any further. Good. In a what-the-fuck moment, members of the NSN received the best wishes of a magistrate who mm. said, good luck with the future, gentlemen. 
In both your cases, your prospects of rehabilitation are good. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? It One of them threw up the salute as soon as he got out of the court Mm -hmm. and has since been charged under new laws. Yep. (laughs) It was an unbelievable comment. It was. Some of these magistrates, they really, they just have no idea. They don't know who they're dealing with. It is madness. And I get the fact that. Legally speaking, a lot of things may not have been relevant to the case. A lot of the things about these guys are distant to the charge itself. But to basically kiss them on the cheek as they left. But the charge, Joel, was centred around them assaulting people. On like, a racial basis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's pretty insane. They, they weren't in there for something completely separate from their ideology. Uh, they, yeah. they were the in case. there because they were in the Grampians doing their yeah, very ideology right. yeah, right. and bashed shit. people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mental. Yeah. It's fucking mental. It's just, just crazy. It just shows a complete lack of connection with society from some of, some of the members of the mm. judiciary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Big time. Yeah, so basically October was the one-year anniversary of Elon Musk buying Twitter, which was a fucking tragedy in itself. No children have died yet, as far as I know, but child porn is apparently on the rise on the platform. So children are being harmed left, right, and center. While it is insufferable to listen to people talk about Twitter, and I fucking understand that, especially in the media, when you're like, if you're not on Twitter and people talk about Twitter, you just would be like, shut the fuck up about Twitter, nerds. But. (laughs) It was an important space. Well, it is an important space and it was an important space because let's face it, that's where we met you guys. That's how this all happened and that's so special. And yet since Musk bought this and made it into this fucking free speech utopia, (laughs) we've seen controversial figures reinstated on the platform. And by controversial figures, I mean pieces of shit who should not have access to megaphones. Not Uh, just Beck Freedom, she buys her own. We're talking mm-hmm. well-deserved bans from dangerous individuals who are basically just societal kryptonite. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to bring them all back on and see what happens? This is the proliferation of extremist content, and now he's monetizing it. Mm. Andrew Tate makes like $20,000 a month being a cunt on Twitter because Elon Musk decided to monetize being a prick. It is fucking insane. And, of course, it got so bad that advertisers pulled out. Apple's bailed. Disney's bailed. Elon did his whole famous go fuck yourself thing. But it's quite funny because before, whether it was Randstad recruitment or whether it was a tech firm, now I just get ads for dildos and tasers. That's my fucking, that's my Twitter feed. <laughs> dildos, tasers, and misinformation. Like, I just, how the fuck do I I don't know do what you've done to have that as your do you not line? get? Because I don't, don't get, get any of that. You don't get any sex ads? <laughs> no. I get... No, uh, I get old. I, I get ever, singles. I haven't ads. ever received an ad for a dildo. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting, I'm getting sex toys, man. It's fucked up. So yeah, but again. obviously, anything that I do that should, you know, make that uh, convincing <laughs> is in the line of research for this podcast. But when it comes to like the absurdity of the bottom tier uh, sponsors, and of course. All these ads for tasers have these community notes saying, oh, by the way, tasers are probably illegal in jurisdiction. You might want to check that because Twitter didn't, for fuck's sake. I have felt like I've had to back away from the platform. And it's like the cringe, but it's also being sort of part of something that I just fundamentally disagree with. But also it's so annoying that some weird little fucking rich kid, South Africa, South South African Emerald Boy decided this was just a really great way to get incels and racists to tell him how fucking great he is. It's just not necessary. Like, you know, mate, sure, people babble about you all the time. You're the richest man on earth. But no, you need Jordan Peterson to say it for it to fucking hit. Jesus Christ. You know, lay off the ketamine, you fucking asshole. But unfortunately, it appears 
there doesn't seem to be a quick way for this to end, which I would love to see because my best outcome on this is that Elon Musk fucks this, the company has to be sold, and someone who runs it like it should be run does it and it works. But that's not looking like it's going to happen. The company is hemorrhaging money, but the problem with Musk is he has more money than sense, more money than God, and he can keep this nightmare going for years to come. So in the meantime, we have seen Musk promote Pizzagate. Yes, actual mm. Pizzagate conspiracy theory. That is insane. When he did that post that said, you have said the actual truth on a post that basically described the Great Replacement, this yeah. is the theory that whites are being replaced other ethnicities intentionally through migration policies, but also this is taking aim at organizations, especially Jewish ones, that help resettle migrants. I wonder why Jews might be interested in uh, refugee policies. Maybe they have some sort of historical understanding of that. But I tell you what, that's why some guy walked into a fucking synagogue called the Tree of Life and... Killed 11 people. Said it. Said it very explicitly. That's exactly why. So, gee, I wonder if having Elon Musk say that that shit is the absolute fucking truth may wind up with a few more mags being packed in a backpack and taken to another fucking synagogue. Uh, that's really hard to imagine. It's not. Tucker Carlson has a show on Twitter. Tucker Carlson, oh, he's not exactly- In breach of his, in breach of his contract, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Which, of course, he should be getting sued into oblivion to, but I guess the Murdoch's a bit busy um, keeping his father alive on, you know, basically just sort of supermodels and fucking drive fruit. But um, I shouldn't say that. You'll get fired. But, uh, but you know, but now Alex Jones has got a show on there. What the fuck are you doing? It is just a cesspool <laughs> of shitty people. And that's really hard because- Many of you guys on there is amazing. Vaxatious Litigan, for example, does such amazing work. You guys still do amazing work on there. There are still so many reasons to love this. But it is so difficult to participate in a town square run by some fucking rich kid lunatic pushing theories that radicalize people to the point of committing massacres. And I will say, I miss Twitter already. I am so sad to see it gone. And one thing that I will say as a massive excuse to why the podcast sucks now is because I don't use Twitter for anymore. I used to just go on Twitter and scrape shit. Mm. And it was an episode. It was like I spent an afternoon on Twitter and I had a fucking script. Yeah. Now, I kind of like, I can do it, but I kind of can't. Drive me nuts. So, yeah, I miss so Twitter. What do we do? Fuck you, Elon. I mean, so what do we do? Alex Jones was a big moment, right? Mm, I mean, huge and, and, moment. And a number of people just came forward and said, oh, I just can't be part of this anymore. It's so and, hard. And I tend, to, I tend to agree. And, look, I've made a lot of friends on Twitter. So many friends. Uh, you know, that I would never have met any other way. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, but I, I, I think I've got, I don't know, I've got about 13 or 14,000 followers. Um, what do I, I, I don't want to be part of it anymore. Yeah, I find it very difficult. And look, this is also another thing of saying like, I don't want to shit on you guys. Your presence on Twitter is very reasonable and measured and, and, and thoughtful. And as someone who still does browse Twitter, just doesn't post so much, it's that thing of like, I'm still kind of giving him dildo money. So I'm not really <laughs> sure how much I'm helping. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like sort of hanging on with this thread of thinking this can't last forever. Surely mm. this can't last forever, but it fucking might. If yeah, I, and I think I it's. Know. I mean, I, I sort of was gonna. I was gonna toss this around over the Christmas break, and I think it's probably just something I'm just gonna. I'm gonna ditch it. Well, I'm not gonna ditch it by deleting my account. I still have a a fond sense of it, and it's still one of those things that I'd like people down to reach me on. But I'm at a point where anytime I go to Twitter. And I don't have the app anymore. I go on my browser on the on the smartphone and I cringe a bit when I do it. I type in <laughs> twitter.com and I just go, Ugh. Yeah. I just love it's all the just... people that are on there and all the people that share all the stuff. I There's know. so I many know. good stuff on there. That's what I go there for. 
Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> I just stick with the following, the following one, the the option yeah, for your newsfeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. following. Yeah. So you see stuff from your the people you're following. That's where I go. <laughs> and I go yeah. there to hang some shit on some people every now and again. That's always it, fun. But it has become a real cesspit. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it has. Not just since Jones has been let on. I haven't even seen him tweet up anything, but. But it had it, it just has really did. It was you know it was always could, could be a bit feisty, um, Twitter. If you really wanted to have a blue with someone, it could be easy enough to do. But it's it's really just become a cesspit of libertarian right wing shite. Yeah, it's awful. So we moved into November with just disappointing news because I spent all October, <laughs> red October, waiting for something. Yeah, it was going to be a lot of winning. I'd been told there was going to be much winning and there was no winning. I thought the thing that was meant to be happening was going to be happening, whatever that is. Guru, I don't yeah, know. Guru, Guru was just absolutely certain that October was yeah. going to be a huge month. Then November became November yeah. to remember. The other day I heard Bosey saying three to six months. God, these yeah. white hats. Better hurry up. <laughs> maybe, Karen, maybe Karen Brewer was right. Uh, so the man charged with arson at Old Parliament House was sentenced in November to 23 months. Uh, however, he will spend eight months in jail with the other 15 months suspended once he signed a two-year good behaviour bond. Not a hard decision to make, you would Correct. Think. Pretty easy, I would have thought. Uh, the other man, Bruce Shillingsworth Jr., will return to court early next year for his sentencing. Why? He hasn't been sentenced yet. I don't know. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> maybe maybe the judge wanted him to get proper legal advice. Five, well. Maybe, I'm not sure. Joel has a theory that basically Bruce, Brucey Jr. is uh, out doing good community work. Oh, he absolutely is. And, yeah. and, uh, and The so good boy behaviour to her. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and so there's a fair bit of that. Let's just remind people, $5 million worth of damages. Yep. Yep. That's all insured, of course. It's a federal building. Still. Um, uh, but also there were people inside mm. the building that the, yeah. the day they set fire. Feels weird. Exactly. Not perfect. Not perfect. So in good news, Rod got out of hospital after his good. health scare, good. only to be set upon fiercely <laughs> by a that. fake Monica Smith. Profile. Oh fuck! That's right. Poor bugger. Poor bugger. Like idiot. it really knocked him around. Really knocked oh, him around. It's got a bum ticker, you know. Yeah, you don't want to provoke another one. It's cool. It's that's and very after funny no, though. After not being allowed on the stage at the worldwide rally for freedom, Guru decided to have his own shindig. And Joel, how was the vibe? Oh man, it was interesting. So basically, Art being denied the opportunity to speak at the well-funded No Rally with all the fancy lights and whatnot. The real, also, and the working PA system. Let's face it. I just, I just wish they'd come. And be like, you know what? Maybe you look like a sound guy. What should we do? Turn down the mics. Turn up the speakers. You idiots. Anyway, so they just hired a truck and did their thing where they turned into a stage. And to be fair, they did a really good job. They made it their own. And I tell you what, Jack is absolutely right about the hanging and flogging party. There was so much mm. violent rhetoric on the day. Holy shit! Craig Cole is great. He's just there, and it's like he's got the microphone in front of him, and he keeps like. It's almost like he wants to punch it. It's he's just a fucking weird guy. Anyway, <laughs> he sort of M said it was just very odd. So I actually <clears throat> am happy to say that Bosey's turned down the violent, violent rhetoric. So he said that the doctors and nurses, and also bizarrely the hospital administrators, yeah, will spend it. the rest of their miserable lives in jail. Oh, but just jail now. 
to jail oh. now. They're not going to be publicly hanged. Oh. So, oh. good on Bozy. Maybe he's wow. been seeing a brain doctor or something. Well, he's, um, he's, because he's moved from the 16th century to, what, about the 20th century? Oh, he's, mm. he's making leaps and bounds. Um, just just wait till he turns out the future. Med beds for all the... Never mind. So, I would say that my favourite part of that uh, event was the fact he had an economic theory that he was going to take all the money in the government and put it into bonds. <laughs> and those bonds would become really valuable. But not the government quite, issues bonds. The, government's well, is, the government issues bonds. Let's see, we're going to buy, buy their them, own stuff. We're going to buy them off ourselves. And that's going to make them valuable. And then we will be the richest country in the world. Americans yeah. will be like, fucking check out these Australians with these bonds. We should probably get in bed with those guys because they've also got a great military because <laughs> that weird guy has somehow made the military super strong. And when he was talking about how strong the military was going to be, there was this weird implication that everyone in the crowd was going to be like in the military. It's like, <laughs> okay, cool. I don't think you, no, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, no, let's not do that. So- it's going to be strange. And the other thing that I really liked was that he said that people in Germany and Spain were able to marry cats and dogs, which everyone went, oh, that's terrible. And yeah, his whole we premise was, was gonna we're going to have migration. We need migration. The crowd's like, oh, but he's like, well, we're not going to let them bring their cooked ideas with them. We're going to have Australian ideals in this country. And one of those ideals we'll never have here is marrying cats and dogs <laughs> by those fucking Germans. And I'm just like, I don't. I don't know. No, what that to, was to Corey Bernard. Corey Bernardi predicted that. Corey Bernardi, to be fair, we, we don't give that man enough credit for his Nostradamus like <laughs> predictions. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Anyway, look, these guys just mindlessly cheered for this dumb shit because they just have absolutely no sense of critical thought. Like, I must say, every now and then the truth is stranger than fiction. So I did qu- quickly crack out my smartphone and go, Can you marry a dog in Germany? And uh, alas, no. Surprisingly huh. enough, I did not uh, receive the uh, Companion uh, Marriage Act of uh, 2005 um, in my uh, in my searches. No, it was uh, basically just a bunch of Google saying, the fuck are you searching for? So are these people in a cult? Yes. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've been listening to Let's Talk About Sex a bit recently, and I'm some cults are pretty fucked up. But I tell you what, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. It's pretty goddamn close. Yep. I and- reckon they are. But this is the thing. Like, I really did. I've said this all through the episode. I wanted this to be over by now. But they've managed to get to a point where a charismatic voiceover artist who used to shoot people in the Middle East is now telling them that we need to stop people coming over and fucking marrying cats Mm. and dogs, and we're still going. So they're just so far down the rabbit hole, I don't think they can be retrieved. And this crowd, like I say, man, a walking, talking, breathing police watch list, and it's just fucking depressing to see that they're still going and they'll still die for whatever fucking course they've signed up for. <laughs> Pseudo-law adherents gathered in Melbourne for Remembrance Day to hear about fictitious crowns and a people's referendum. In a funny moment, Victoria's Governor Margaret Gardner was told to do your job, David Hurley. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one of them. They look similar, right? 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 <laughs> Fuck's sake. Craig Kelly attended a dance concert in Adelaide with a camera crew from Sputnik. Seems a bit weird. Wonder who paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've seen. A little Russian dancing concert <laughs> with Craig Kelly in attendance with a camera crew. <laughs> Sputnik's like the uh, Russian news agency, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. So fucking funny. weird. Yeah, it's very funny. Because like you could also see like that, you know, a crew from Sputnik, and I'm like, hold on, I just want to clarify, not the space station. <laughs> 
no, no, no. The media organisation. Crackers yeah. has threatened to sue, is it uh, Queensland uh, University? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's like over their, like their fact-checking thing. But as yet, no writs have no. been Well, that's received. because he would uh, suffer a humiliating Correct. defeat, uh, which we just, you just it's can't imagine. kind of... Bruce Lehman, um, BRS type defo that yeah. was going to land you, land you in more trouble than, than I would, you're in. I would enjoy watching mode. it though. I must say, I would really enjoy watching it. Fuck, I'm just looking at his Telegram now. Oh my god, this is just absolute poison. Jesus mm. Christ! So my copy of Cell Twenty Two arrived along with some freedom stickers and some wristbands. Nice. And I've since learned I have a special copy. And by special, I mean riddled with mistakes. Oh no! Is it so, like a so how bad is it? How bad is it, Sauce? Is it oh, just really bad spelling it's, mistakes? It, 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 look, it, the spelling mistakes almost go unnoticed. <laughs> there, what, there's just, so many of them, you just ignore no, them. No, it's after just really poorly written stream of consciousness. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like most pages I find I have to read them more than once. Oh, fuck, because I kind so of great. get and I like I haven't retained anything because it's just so, like literally so we're talking words of, on the page. Talking about yeah. someone who's just read something out to a dictaphone and had it typed up. Possibly No, no, no. She the bits that she wrote in the jail cell, we are to believe that they were written in coloured pencils, crayons, on the back of well. pieces of paper that for <laughs> some reason the prison has with pictures on the front for kids to draw on. Amazing. Amazing. Is what she says, but it's pretty bad. So it's pretty it's, bad. It's like bullshit. So, it's a, it's a, so, so Cell 22 is adapted from a colouring book. Yeah. Pretty much. I would love mm-hmm. Jack to read it and give us a review. Yeah, I, I, do I just, it. I just, th- I think actually more than that, uh, Sandy. Actually, either, but it might be an idea for the conditional release program that we just have a segment devoted to just reading a, you know, a, a par or two. That is I'm just doing so like book reviews done. over on our Patreon, so I read like two or three chapters, right, and then I'll say, you know, like Monica brought peace to cell block H by singing. Uh, we are Australian one day when two inmates were arguing with each other. It sounds yeah, riveting, riveting yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I just want to know what, about the breakup. That's, That's it. That's having all. come to it, yeah, it's going to be right. I would have flipped forward yeah. that one. Uh, in news that must have scared the shit out of the splitters, uh, local businesses at Southbank want the red steps removed which is, I don't know where they're going to go and stand for two hours every Saturday rattling off their nonsense. <laughs> uh, the arrival of med beds is imminent. Mm, and so good. few people turned up for Melbourne's worldwide rally for freedom that has just joined the back of the splitters. Oh, <laughs> uh, Coles installed some security gates, which has freaked the fuck out of people. Uh, and Coles are now confirmed members of the global cabal. Done. You're getting actually caged in there. This is the new world order happening right here, right now. So while I don't think the new world order is exactly behind the bullshit going on at Coles and Woolies at the moment in the name of loss prevention, but I will say that capitalism has gone fucking wild and unchecked recently, and since these self-serve checkouts become normal, shit has been anything but normal. 
I mean, fuck, man. I agree with Cookers on this one. I agree with keeping Cash alive. I just think they're a bit fucking weird about it. But the the different reasons I have here are huge because these idiots rail on about being anti-fucking communist because, of course, they are being programmed by right-wing think tank-funded media. But the reality is, is that government needs to kick coals and woolies square in the fucking balls before this shit gets out of control because it is spiraling hard. And they are taking an inch, taking a mile. Because not only do they have fucking mechanical fences that activate when theft is detected, which essentially traps you in a store, but they have the fucking dumbest AI making these decisions. I had a thing in my trolley, and it was like I was in fucking Ocean's Eleven because the camera <laughs> detected the bag that I had in the trolley and lost its fucking mind. I had to get that. someone to come yeah. over. So if you bought, bought something else, this happens mm. to me all the time, if I buy something at the butchers and then I go to the supermarket and... and Put all my things through. Criminal. The answer, the answer to this, I, I, the answer to all of this, is is to stop using self serve. Yes, and that is right. That is right. But that's the thing. It's not the new world order here. If anything, it's a C suite that needs to be called into question here. These fucking like you know piss weak half ass execs, wool execs, and coals. I mean, like, imagine being upset about coals. But instead of being upset about the company and their policy, you decide to spend your energy directing it towards some sort of government issue or you know, some sort of fictitious organization that's like a round table of Jews you just made up. No, it's Coles. Be upset with Coles. Don't be upset with the New World Order because Coles are being cunts. Coles are cunts. Your weird little idea that it has to be some sort of group of fucking weird shady Jews, that's on you because you're an idiot. So Coles have decided to implement an anti-theft fog device, which will trigger some crazy smoke show to basically incapacitate people in a supermarket. And look, I editorialize here and I would say they're doing it just in case you nick a pack of sausages or a can of Coke, but they do say this is meant to be used after hours in some kind of ram raid attack or some shit. But apparently recently in some place in Melbourne, Clayton, I believe it was, this thing just fucking went off. They and people do, lost their fucking minds. They do. They have had these smoke things in tobacconists for a long really? time. Really? Really? For a long time. And for it's that so exact reason, because so if someone as well. comes through the front door, then it activates it, and yeah, it, the people can't then rob the smoke shop of hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of dogs. You can probably get around that by going to Bunnings and buying a hand blower. To be fair, but Correct. anyway. Yeah, I would say that's probably a very effective way of getting around that. But look, this is the thing, right? Like, I'm with the cookers on this. I'm with the cookers on cash. I'm with the cookers on draconian methods of preventing loss at supermarkets that impinge on people's rights. 100%. Fuck them. But the issue here is that if there's a protest against these draconian loss prevention methods, it's going to end up about the Jews. I don't want to be at that <laughs> protest. You fucking know it will. You know yes. where this is going. It's going to turn out to be something about pedophiles, even though it's mostly about a company that is so powerful that they would rather make you stay behind a barrier than lose a piece of steak. I can't walk next to these people which is such a shame because if they could just be slightly normal, we could meet minds. But I can't. I can't walk past this. Fuck. It's not the Jews, guys. <laughs> it's very rarely the Jews. For so, fuck's sake. <laughs> Finally, we're up to December. And our friend Simeon Boykov has celebrated 12 months in lockdown at the consulate. At the no. consulate Mulara, it'd be a smell of bad shit there and cabbage coming around of there, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, they'll have to scrum that thing for a month. <laughs> a Rebecca Lloyd can't decide if she wants to run oh. for politics as part of the Liberal Party. Love her. 
take on the government in relation to director ID changes yep. or become a humanitarian by selling her marketing packages and donating some of the takings. Why not and do she, all And she'll of probably them. end up in One Nation. Correct. Or, or, or One Nation flicker. She got kicked out of One Nation. Oh, she did. Whether they take Where do you back. go if you get kicked out of One Nation? Back to the I lips. know. Yeah. It's like there's certain pubs in Newtown where if you get kicked out of that, like you get kicked out of Kelly's and you're like, just call it a night. Yeah. There is nowhere done. else for you tonight. You are done like a brisket. Just there's go home. another movie that's got them up and about. This one is about our over-reliance on technology. Yeah, well, that's right. That's Gotta what the cabal that. wants us to think. Oh, it's, it's actually full of coded messages oh, about the impending Brisey. And I, for one, definitely believe it because it was produced by Barack Obama. Was it? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, was it? Was not. that true? Oh, my God. That's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, it's so interesting. Is. They are, mm-hmm. him and Michelle are listed as producers. He actually did, funny. he actually had the book on his best off in 2021, ah, I think it was. this is based on a book. And has written, like, notes to, like, on to, about production and things like that. That's so actually one was, of my least favorite actually, things about him. He, he read books and I didn't involved. like that. Yeah. I think we need Trump back because presidents shouldn't be spending their time reading books. They should be spending their time making decisions. Yeah. He's, he's actually written more than he's read. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and that, that brings us to Donald Trump, and I'll, I'll keep this a little bit shorter than, than we've actually written. So he is now cha- now facing a total of 91 felony counts. Bless. And you'd think wow. in the normal rules of politics, any sensible person would think that his ambition to become not just 45 but 47 to do a Grover Cleveland and serve non-consecutive terms, the only one he's yep. done in the White House, would have died by now. But this is the US folks where sensible people are at a premium. Mm-hmm. The Donald ends the year more likely than not to be elected president. Cookers love Trump, but God only knows why. I mean, he wouldn't pay a bevy of hookers to piss on them if they were on fire. <laughs> now, unless the Dems can tap Grandpa Joe and get him to move along, Trump will win the GOP primary in a canter and then take on a bloke who looks like he belongs in a dementia ward to see who becomes the most powerful human being in the world. Mm. Biden's polling is terrible. And just when you think he's hit rock bottom, it gets worse. A CNN poll has Trump ahead in the crucial swing state of Michigan by 10 points and in Georgia by five. So the six states that Biden picked up, up, he's now well behind in all five in five of the six. Wow! And it's possible that the four separate indictments, two state, two federal, will change people's views of him. Not the rusted on margas, obviously, but run of the mill American independent voters. Or they might just think, as they seem to think now, the orange one has been set up by big government, the DOJ, the FBI, and the yes, Jews. Hundred percent. Oh, definitely the latter. God only knows what it means for the world. Putin will be cheering Trump on and doing his darndest to interfere with the result. Ukraine will be crushed. But if he does get elected in the first week of November 2024, the bin fire that was 2023 will turn to a thermonuclear hell for the world in 2024 and beyond. It really is very troubling. The Yanks are sleepwalking to a cliff and they plan to take the rest of us on the long jump with them. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yep. Oh, God. I don't even, I can't even. Mm. Yeah. So as we record this on the 17th of December, I am keeping an eye out for the live stream that was promised today of the inaugural medbed procedure. Finally. Correct. Uh, Did you guys know that they don't just cure diseases though, that you can actually come out with longer hair? Good. The ability to speak multiple languages. Oh, that's good. Play an instrument. Nice. Nice. I want the hair. Yeah, I want one. 
I mean, I already speak English, so I see no real reason to learn other languages. I've Correct. tried it. It's just way too much hassle and yeah. really quite pointless. But instrument, I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm. Um, the longer hair and the instrument, I mean, I can, You're in. I can feel myself getting laid now. It's great. <laughs> uh, Mon Mon packed her dad into the camper van for some regional ministries. Yeah. Guru has announced plans for a flotilla of boats oh, to God. travel up and down the coast. Yep. And He's Craig right. Kelly posted an epic takedown of Big Rick. Oh, that was good. That was in your last episode. Best, yes. best thing that happened all year. That was very funny. I'm I like still the fact eating that popcorn after all that. It's <laughs> like, I agree with Rick on a lot of things. It's like, oh, is that the best way is to start this? Is that the right this? opening? Correct. Yeah. Liz, know, Gunn, Liz Gunn found herself a whistleblower in New Zealand <laughs> yes, we've done that. and launched the mother of all revelations, which landed her on the Alex Jones show and has created a little bit of an international scene around websites publishing data that has been obtained illegally. And finally, I five love the in fact one that New Zealand is dead. You think people would have noticed? Correct. Yeah. Sitting around I the dinner the table, that- there's, there's six people normally there and all of a sudden you've only got five. Yep. Good yeah. Lord, did you eat the beef wellington? Someone's missing. <laughs> I just love the fact that Maria Z did a live calling out for a whistleblower. She wants in on this. She's oh, ca- looking well, for a whistleblower, guys. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. She'll find something. And she finally, she's good. Darren Bergwerf announced his candidacy for Dunkley, yes. which I am sure will definitely put an end to Dictator Dan's plans which one? Which, on going federal. Because yeah. there's no way Dan Andrews is brave enough to take on the mayor of <laughs> We all know that Dan Andrews was going to run, but he's not anymore. Of course anymore. he was. No, not he anymore. isn't. No, he's no, scared. He's been scared yep. off. Yeah. Running scared like the dog that he's he is. scared. Yep. All right. Can I ask uh, all of us, if, what's the story of the year? There's one that I wanted to talk about um, that was just, just released. Um, Natasha Robinson in Australia has just done this. And it's an mRNA vaccine. For melanoma, and, uh, wow. and it's in late and it's in late stage clinical trials, um, taken in conjunction with an immunodrug uh, Keytruda, which I've actually had you shot did. into my veins. Yes, um, uh, it uh, it can ward off uh, stage four, stage five melanoma cancer patients uh, for up to three years, and, uh, <laughs> and and then they would be revaccinated. Take the K-Truder again. Oh, um, a booster? A booster? Would you like booster, your 19th yes. melanoma booster? It's, it's literally going to fry cookers' brains, I think, it it, is. You know, when, once this does come out. I mean, what are they going to advocate? Are they going to advocate, and we're not just talking about cookers, we're talking about anti-vaxxers, are they going to advocate that people don't receive this treatment, that yes. they die yeah. of melanoma? Yes. Yep. They yeah, will, won't they? Sunscreen yeah. they will, won't they? No sunscreen, yeah. nothing is. And, like, but the thing is, it's going to be fascinating because, of course, with this one, What's going to be the fictitious boogeyman uh, that's happening with it? Now, my guess would be it doesn't prevent cancer, it accelerates it, and they'll find some poor bastard who smoked a pack a day for 40 years, and then he dies after getting this this jab, and then, of course, the forest of the fallen becomes this new thing of the melanoma yeah. forest of the fallen. It's, it's, it's rinse and fucking repeat. Uh, it is, and, and it's entirely predictable, but I'd suggest that, it's, it's actually quite, you know, a, a lot worse than it would have been. I mean, we, we just don't want to sort of downplay um, uh, the Delta variant of COVID, for example. Um, but mm. here they would be advocating for people who were in stage four, stage five cancer who could go into remission 
mm-hmm. but won't if they listen to their anti-vax mark. No, they'll sell them their yep. alternative treatment for that. Yes, of cancer course they treatment, will, Sandy, yeah. Their lights and their whatnot. <laughs> and what's your what was what was your story of the year, Sandy or Sos? Uh, for me, it was just it. One hundred percent, hands down, was the Rainbow Community Angels. I just rave about them all the time. I just can't uh, not talk about them. They're just fantastic. Uh, we finally have people. This this movement, the anti-vax movement, turned towards a group of people who have actually confronting them face on and. Like we're all keyboard warriors, we can we get people online who control them all they like. But these people actually have turned mm. up and faced them and yeah. saying no. They're just Good stuff. They're just uh, they have all my respect. Oh my gosh, I just think that's amazing. Yeah, and they do it in style and in a great way and uplifting. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Sos? Yeah. I'm going to keep mine light because it's been a very worrying year. Uh so. Yeah. Mine is the ongoing war between Rod Cullerton and insects. Oh, no. <laughs> no you gotta, I have there. never in my life come across someone who is hated so vehemently by mini beasts. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the guy who ate the fly. They are out to get him. If you saw <laughs> the vid from the inside of that old pub that they're fixing up, you're going to have to think, oh, I don't know there's any running water there. <laughs> um, and so when he gets out in the sun, middle of the day, bit, bit hot and sweaty, He's he's going to be like a fucking magnet for uh, for every every kind of bug just Poor wanting God. to gnaw on him. There's a lot of poo you can't see, but flies can. <laughs> yeah. And let's just leave it at that. All right, Joe, take us out. Mine is less a story, more of a sentiment, which is, as I said earlier, I really hope a lot of this shit would have gone away or at least it calmed down this year because it felt like there was this peak of disinformation during the pandemic but those same forces have just simply pivoted to new causes. And they're never good ones. It's never, okay, cool, now we're going to make the world a better place. It's about bullying trans people and pushing these fucking weird culture wars. Well, somehow, this just never, ever stops confusing me. Brainwashing hippies who used to turn up to green rallies, environmental causes, into fiercely campaigning for the extended use of fossil fuels because climate change is a Jewish hoax. Come the fuck on. So, of course, and I don't want to harp on about this because I don't want to be a single-track single, single track guy, but, like, Elon Musk taking over Twitter has provided a medium to spread disinformation and hatred that we simply have never seen before and we did not fucking need. We're on the cusp of an AI revolution, which is going to see an yeah, agenda. It's going to get worse. Look, you can have a situation where you can basically be a disinformation farm with a couple of computers and an internet connection. It's mental. We are so powerful with technology, with so little resources, the idea of what state actors can get up to is fucking terrifying. So, yeah, we can now be in a situation where fuckwits on 4chan are now the most powerful people on the fucking planet because they know the very bare basics of Python to be able to code their way around fucking mitigation techniques on bots. This is scary because they're not good people. So, of course, what's going to happen is we're going to see the most intriguing and most titillating things being spread the fastest and being the most subscribed to, which is never going to be something about, say, taxing the rich to give people opportunities who may not have them in an immediate sense. It's going to be racism. It's going to be hatred. It's going to be bullying. And it's going to be 
fucking frustrating to watch. So, look, I think last year, well, this time last year, end of last year, I felt pretty optimistic. I thought, you know, look, we can always find a new way. We were even talking about this so much. Oh, what are you going to do when cookers disappear? Oh, well, we'll, you know, we've also always got, like, cool, interesting things to cover. The world is a fascinating place. No, they're still there. They're still everywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is the thing that's killing me. The war for the hearts and minds of normies is just gradually being more and more lost. I thought that was going to absolutely stop. And this is largely thanks to Space Karen. Fuck you, Elon Musk, for so many fucking things. But partially also thanks to brilliant opportunists like Maria Z, who see endless potential in selling idiots things like unvaccinated beef and, of course, taking her cut. I mean, un- <laughs> unvaccinated beef, just fuck you. It's so <laughs> annoying. So it's not all bad news in this regard, right? Like Pete Evans, for example, he tried to come back. He failed. Kyle uncancelled him on radio that didn't work he still is doing maybe like 100 posts a week into a fucking abyss of nothing he's just a guy who has people on his property and they give him money who gives a shit people like him once their mainstream media profiles are yanked away are just angry old men mumbling to themselves on telegram this is a good thing the idea that pete evans could have come back from this with his little sort of comeback campaign was terrifying didn't happen and you look at O'Neill's, right he's pivoted hard to mlm for a very good reason of course, he's not smart enough to be Maria Z, and Maria Z does exist. But the Oneegs.com failure shows that while the sort of right-wing media space is lucrative for some, and it does exist, it's not just as easy as it used to be. You can't just be Oneegs.com, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, man, I'll give you 10 bucks a month to just, like, suck. Like, it just doesn't work, which is great. Also, partially just because he's useless. So, look, I would say that 2024 looks fucking dire in a lot of ways, and I don't want to make the end of this episode sad. <laughs> Anti-Semitism is through the fucking roof. I'm glad, I'm glad you don't want to make it sad, Joe. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, it I is what it is, man. What <laughs> I am being realistic here because the trans panic thing is not going away. It's just gaining momentum. And look, it just feels like there's like a real sense of defeat on the, the, the horizon. But what I will say is, is that pivots happen radically. Things change. We are still the sort of like, you know, uh, in the majority as such. Cookers and lunatics are still a minority figure with loud voices when the world's richest man becomes a cookie, you do start getting a bit of a raised heartbeat. That's fair. I'm just hoping that what happens is these fucking idiots who talk over and over and over about ivermectin actually take some and it kills the fucking worms living in their brains that turn them into monosyllabic right-wing robots that hate stuff for no good reason. But if this trajectory stays the same and Trump is actually elected in 2024, I mean, I don't know, guys. Um, let's go... Start a farm. I'll sell. I'll sell you a, a block of land for thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. I don't fucking. Oh know, my god, man. we're going off grid. Excellent. Going off grid. Going off grid. I mean, we lost. Let's go. <laughs> so on that uplifting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uplifting. Uh, was I wrong? Was I wrong? Around, no. I hope, I hope uh, you're not driving around curvy roads at yeah. the moment. Or I'm not driving. I'm, or no, like we that, mean listeners. the people listening who are oh, just okay. driving themselves off a cliff yeah. or into a wall. Yeah. Well, I was going to say because I'm half cut, so I should not be driving. I'm Based on all of that. Legal to drive. So that is a wrap. Yes. And a huge thank you to everyone who's listened to both the shows and those who have contributed in one way or another. 
Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And Tinfoil Tales wishes everyone a safe holiday period. Enjoy yes. time with your family and friends, including your little furry ones. Yeah. And, uh, and the same. Our very, very best wishes to all our listeners at the Conditional Release Program. Have an, enjoy your Christmas, your holidays, uh, some relaxing time with uh, with family and friends. That's precisely what I'll be doing. Um, yep, that's the plan. And my little and also- granddaughter's first Christmas, which you'll never Aww. remember. But oh, she, no, will be, no. she will be um, special. Um, She'll just be, you know, she'll just be, we'll be, oh, we'll be presenting but gifts to her like she she's a understand. goddess um, yeah, uh, just, on Christmas Day. And I'm I must really say, anytime I buy a gift for a kid under 12 months, I'm like, why am I? Okay, fine. It's I'll, for the pictures on Facebook. Anything. It is for the pictures on Facebook. It's 100% is. Yeah, have a Merry Christmas, guys. And look, if 2024 is going to suck as much as I think it's going to, one thing I can say is at least there'll be tons of things to cover. <laughs> Yep. Great podcast content. Look at the bright side of life, guys. We're going to be going for ages. Every time someone on Patreon gives us like a year's membership, I'm like, oh, fuck. I guess you have to go for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we'll be all across it. It's going to be huge here. It's going to be huge. US presidential election. Ugh. Um, you know, war, war in Gaza, war in Ukraine. Can I just take um, like a year's probably worth of like, a, a, a prob- Probably an election in the UK. There's one due by January mm. 2025, yeah, okay. but it'll probably be in the um, in the latter part of 2024. There's a prospect that Bojo will run on a ticket with um, oh, the UKIP idiot. Um, oh no, Farage! Uh, it's only rumoured. Uh, Sunak cannot survive, I wouldn't think, to the next no. election. So it's just so much happening. And well, Sus will still be saying it's Saturday. <laughs> Did you notice I didn't do it this week? No, what? no footage, no uh... filming. Very sad. Mm. Oh, well. Well, when it comes down to it, I think that these bored, weird miscreants are going to continue being bored, weird, and funny. Uh, And if they don't, well, thank God for that. I will refund all your year subscriptions and we'll call it a (laughs) fucking day. Please give me a reason. Give me a reason to stop. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. See you, folks. Bye. Bye. Appreciate you. Bye. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards. Bastards.